What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. Hope everyone had a great weekend watching baseball or otherwise. And as we look ahead, there are some developments to discuss. It seems like teams are starting to release guys as they cut their rosters down from 28 to 26. So teams were given some extra room in order to carry a couple extra players with the beginning of the year with the, you know, with a short spring training and everything. But now, as we enter May, teams are DFAing guys. And the big news that we're hearing now is that the Mets have designated Robinson Cano for assignment. So both he and Yoan Lopez are basically getting cut. Yoan Lopez was sent to AAA. Robinson Cano was designated for assignment, which means they're eventually going to release him. And that's because they owe him... million dollars through 2023 they are paying this dude a lot of money over the next basically two seasons and they still owe it to him even though they're going to cut him they'll have to pay him i mean this could be the end of robinson cano's career he's 39 now and he was on a hall of fame trajectory until he got popped for peds he has actually served two ped suspensions so his Cooperstown case is is closed. And that's not going to happen anymore. But he started his career with nine seasons with the Yankees, which included five all-star appearances and MVP votes in six separate seasons. And he ended up signing a very big deal, 10 years, 240, with the Mariners as a free agent. And he had a strong start to a Seattle career, but then things started to go south in May of 2018 when he got that 80-game PED suspension. And... Months later, the Mariners GM, who hadn't been in the organization when Cano was signed, he was set to work on trading Robbie Cano. And in December 2018, Jerry Depoto sent Robbie Cano and Edwin Diaz to the Mets in exchange for Jay Bruce, right-hander Anthony Swarzak, right-hander Gershon Bautista, and prospects Jared Kalnick and Justin Dunn. It was a haul, and it ended up being a very bad trade for the Mets, a very good trade for the Mariners, because it came at a high cost of Jared Kelnick, who was just who had just been a first round pick that summer and ended up becoming one of the game's top prospects. And some of those other guys ended up becoming pretty good. Edwin Diaz went to the Mets and I mean immediately regressed. Robinson Cano immediately regressed. And the Mets were kind of left holding the bag. They traded some really good prospects for guys who they thought would help them win now. And that didn't happen. I mean, Cano was able to muster up a strong but brief 2020 season for the Mets, that pandemic shortened season, but I guess that was enabled by more PEDs because he got a 162 game PED suspension in November of 2020, and that was his second one. It's like, all right, I don't know what's going on here, but two times, and yeah, that's obviously going to close any notion of of Cooperstown. But Robbie Cano now, you know, at 39 after sitting out a year, he's not he's not looking very good, and he's looked every bit of his age quite frankly the numbers have not been pretty 195 with a 233 on base 268 slugging obviously it's only 43 plate appearances but he just hasn't really looked good in his brief time so yeah the Mets carried him because MLB rules allow them to carry 28 players for the month of April but now the deadline has has come that they have to slim it down to 26 and it's interesting because on Sunday Night Baseball Dom Smith had four hits and he basically that basically helped him keep his job 
by having four hits on Sunday Night Baseball because he had similar numbers to Robbie Cano, but just with that one game alone, one of his most productive games of the past two seasons, I guess that allowed the Mets to make the easier decision of letting go of Robbie Cano, even though they were probably going to go that direction anyway. But now it's it's clear in many people's minds waking up this morning in New York, like, yeah, let's keep Dom Smith, get rid of Robbie Cano. So technically the Mets have seven days to trade Cano or, tra- or place him on outright waivers. A trade is not realistic at all, given how much money remains on his contract. And Cano also has the ability to reject an outright assignment. So it makes it likely he's just going to be released. That's the most likely outcome right now. So at that point, any team could sign him for the MLB minimum with the Mets paying the rest of his salary. Which is probably what's going to happen. I don't know. Or maybe not. Maybe he decides to end his career right then. We'll see. Moving on, other news. Before we get into some games, I just want to do some housekeeping items. So, the Royals' top catching prospect and one of the top hitting prospects in baseball is expected to be called up on Monday. This is catcher MJ Melendez. He's going to be called up from AAA Omaha, as manager Mike Matheny announced. And this was prompted because their backup catcher Cam Gallagher sustained a grade 2 hamstring strain and had to be placed on the 10-day injured list. So they're going to call up Melendez. He's the Royals' number two prospect. He's MLB Pipeline's number 49. And the thing about him is he had a monster year in 2021. He's 23 years old. He had 41 home runs last year as the minor league home run king. Great numbers across the board. I mean, he struggled immensely in 2019, but you know there's no minor league season in 2020. In 2021, he, he had a huge year. The problem is, obviously... He's blocked at the big league level. He's blocked by Salvador Perez. So they have been trying him at different positions. He's been playing some right field. You know, he's been a little bit of third base. So basically what they'll do now is Salvi will be catching most games, but on the days that Salvi serves as the DH, that's simply going to be day games after night game. That's when MJ Melendez will likely catch. He's Like I said, he's also been getting some outfield work they will probably have him there for some time as well because they're losing a great two hamstring strain for Cam Gallagher. You know, they're losing him for an undetermined amount of time, but once he once he gets back, they're gonna have to figure something out. You know, to you know figure out you know, three catchers. Do they what? What do they do? But MJ Melendez obviously is gonna have a chance to show what he can do at the big league level, which is good. Which is good. So now you know we're seeing a lot of a lot of top prospects getting getting time to play playing time in the big leagues this year. That is because of the new rules where service time manipulation has kind of been done away with. So Milan is going to be the 13th top 100 prospect to make his MLB debut this year. That's saying something less than a month into the season. Let's get into some games. So I will start with the Seattle Mariners and Miami Marlins. So the Marlins win streak came to an end. But in this game, the, yeah, the Mariners won 7-3. They got some great performances from young players. I'm talking Logan Gilbert, who was quietly having a great year pitching pitching for them. He has a 0.64 ERA. I'm talking Julio Rodriguez with his first Major League home run. Big game for him yesterday. 3-4, three, three ribbies, and a home run. He's holding down center field for the Mariners. I have... Huge expectations. I think Julio Rodriguez is going to be very good. 
But remember, like I said, when he was called up to start the season, you know, not everyone can hit the ground running. But the scouting report on him is big time raw power and speed. He's power speed combo, but especially that power. And we saw it yesterday. Easy pop. They can, yeah, easy pop. He doesn't hit wall scrapers, high exit velos. And he got his first big league dinger. I thought that was that was good to get that out of the way and good for him. But Logan Gilbert really is looking really good. He's 4-0 with a 0.64 ERA so far this year. You know, we saw him come up as a rookie last year. Kind of struggled a little bit, but so far this year, been really good. He was 5-2 and two thirds with one earned run against a good Miami Marlins team, which is funny to say, but it's true. They are good so far. So the Mariners get a much-needed win down there in South Beach. The Yankees continue to roll. The Yankees... They continued their win streak, so they have the longest win streak. They still have the longest win streak in baseball. They've pushed it to nine behind a two-home run day by Aaron Judge. That's what they did. Two homers for Judge, and yeah, he's up to seven on the year. You know, A lot of people have criticized Judge for turning down that $213 million extension and betting on himself, but so far, the returns are good. He's looking great out there, and I mean... If he continues to play like this, he'll get much more than what the Yankees offered him as a free agent. Um, I mean, when he's a free agent, he'll get much more than what the Yankees offered him. So I think they, they welcome Aaron Hicks back to the lineup. I believe he was on paternity leave. He was back in center field. And Duhar played left field. A little bit of a Miguel and Duhar sighting for the Yankees yesterday. But they continue to roll. Severino on the bump, five innings, three earned runs. But the, but the offense took care of, took care of him. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about Phillies Mets. You know, we were just talking about the Mets, but I want to talk about Phillies Mets because Scherzer was on the bump on Sunday Night Baseball. And the Mets did win. The Mets have now won seven straight series to begin the year. That is extremely impressive. It's extremely impressive no matter how you slice it. Um, I mean, Scherzer was okay. He gave up, he gave up three homers, though. And... Yeah, two of them came from Kyle Schwarber. So Schwarber took him deep twice. Harper took him deep once. And I'm sure Scherzer is not happy about that, but he got the win anyway, which is what really matters for for this Mets team. They're trying to go to the playoffs. But the Phillies did hit him pretty well. I want to talk about Kyle Schwarber because, you know, the night before where the Mets had that that uh, you know no-hitter, or two nights before, I guess, when they had that combined no-hitter, Kyle Schwarber still got on base three times. He, he walked in all three of his at-bats. He has a very interesting line on the year. He's hitting 200 exactly with his batting average, but all his other numbers are amazing. He, he has an 838 OPS, and he's got seven homers. So he's a kind of guy, he's a, he's a modern hitter. You don't worry about the batting average, but he will produce. He will get on base. He will hit homers, and he's definitely an asset to have in your lineup. Harper doing his thing, hit a home run. I mean, he's going to be fine. And Castellanos was a bit quiet last time, but he's going to be fine as well. So that's the deal from Queens, New York. If we move out to Texas, so Texas Rangers hosted the Atlanta Braves. I'm checking, I'm keeping an eye on Ronald Acuna Jr. his first few games of the year, you know. A bit quiet last night, but just keeping an eye on how he's doing. 0 for 4 in the leadoff spot. But um, he's going to be fine. I have no issues or concerns with him. The Rangers 
beat the Braves by a score of 7-3. And, I mean, yeah, they they got to jump all over Kyle Muller, who was making his season debut for Atlanta, tagged him for seven earned runs in two and two-thirds. Heading to L.A., the Dodgers beat the Tigers 6-3. Walker Bueller, five shutout innings. You know, I was watching highlights of this game, and I realized how much of a free... I mean, I've, I've known this, but Javi Baez is quite a free swinger. There was a strikeout where Walker Bueller... It, it was like... The, the pitch was so far out of the zone. His slider so far out of the zone. It seemed like Javi decided to swing before... He's like, wherever this is going to be, I'm going to swing. Like, before... Bueller threw the pitch, and it seemed like the Dodgers knew that. Like, the, the catcher was set up out there, like, this is a, a go-fish pitch, kind of, you know, make him chase, and that's exactly what he did. Um, I just saw that, thought it was crazy, because I've, I've seen vid- some videos like that of Javi Baez taking some wild swings. But at the end of the day, if you look at his numbers, you know, especially last year when he was with the Mets, he quietly put up some good numbers towards the end of the year. And this year, he's off to a good start, too. He's hitting 292 with an 833 OPS. So, all in all, He's playing pretty well, so I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. But that's where we stand for today, folks. That's gonna do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.